Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight words written by Paul. What they do is they provide strong encouragement for all who serve the Lord, especially the last part. Your labor is not in vain. Preaching, shepherding, or deacon, serving in any kind of way. For those of us who feel that capacity, it does not always feel that way. Sometimes it feels as though your effort, my effort, is vain. Week after week, you labor, you preach, you shepherd, you serve. Maybe, you, maybe you're preaching a message from God's Word Sunday after Sunday like I am. You stand, you deliver, you deliver it with all that you have. You preach as a dying man to dying men, just like it's your last one. But maybe you look around. Maybe you're at a season where you've been doing it for months and months and months and years and years and years and you don't see any transformative changes that you might have hoped for, especially if you're dealing with people. For those of you who are shepherding, maybe souls aren't responding in the way that they should go. You know, we, we live in some rough patches. We, we live around rough edges. Um, and so we see that from time to time in the lives of our congregants. Our congregation can resemble a construction site with more problems than progress. So what should we do? Preacher, what do you do when it seems that preaching is in vain? Deacon, teacher, whatever capacity you're in, how do we stay steadfast? How do we stay immovable in the work of the Lord when our hearts are tested and we are tempted to write ourselves off as a failure? Let's take a closer look at 1 Corinthians 15, 58, especially in its historical and its literal context. Let's talk about initially the prob- the problems that were, that were going on in, in Corinth. The church in Corinth probably would have discouraged every single pre- preacher <laughs> and elder. Paul planted the church uh, on his second missionary journey. He had spent a year and a half teaching the Word of God and among them, Acts 18 and verse 11. He worked hard. In fact, that he reminded them in chapter 15 and verse 10 of 1 Corinthians that he worked harder than anybody else. And when it came to abounding in the work of the Lord, Paul absolutely practiced what he preached. There was a whole lot of abounding going on. But in spite of his preaching and serving at the church there, it struggled to grow up in Christ. Located um, in, a, in a brazenly decadent city, uh, the spiritual sewage from the town backed up into the church. Paul's letters to the church addressed a host of current congregational problems, just like they would today. If Paul were to write a letter to the church at Piedmont Road today, it would be filled with its own problems. But but at Corinth, there were very interpersonal divisions. There was uh, preacher followers, if you will. There were sexual uh, immorality. There was uh, embarrassing lawsuits. And then, of course, theological confusion, order of worship, all those sorts of things. Uh, if you look at chapters 13 through 15, really, even chapter 16, First Corinthians, you're looking at a picture of worship and the things that they had gotten wrong, and so he writes to correct those things. So if you were in Paul's place, you might have concluded that your ministry uh, and the labors therein were in vain. You know, all the time, all the effort that you put into teaching and preaching, 
uh, God's word was wasted, Paul, we might say. But see, that wasn't Paul's conclusion. Paul never lost confidence. He remained convinced uh, that his labors in the Lord were not in vain. Paul's example as, as a preacher, as one who served the church, should always serve as an example to us, uh, and it should encourage us. And so when, when we get a bit gloomy because of the sin that abounds, maybe, in the place that you serve, uh, you need to remember what Paul dealt with in the city of Corinth. When we feel overwhelmed by people's problems and their spiritual challenges in, in our own congregations, we can be thankful that we don't have to trade places with Paul. If we could remain confident that his work was not in vain, and we know that it wasn't, and, and we talk about Paul's blazing glory all the way to Rome's chopping block, as it were, if I'm confident in his, I can be confident in mine, and you can be confident in yours. And so that's the podcast for today, is the confidence that we are to have. Uh, in the midst of all this crookedness. So, like uh, maybe many preachers or, or or elders, maybe you have a verse that you hang around, that you keep around, and, um, you know, I have Psalm 1611 on my wall, uh, that the Lord makes known to me the paths of life. Uh, in His presence there is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. I need to see that every day. I need to see that my Lord is my my pleasure in this life and nothing else, nothing else. And, and, and for all of us, we may have a verse, a chapter that really sums up who we are and what we thrive on. If 1 Corinthians 13 is considered the love chapter, let 1 Corinthians 15 be labeled the resurrection chapter. The word raised and resurrection occur over 15 times. So the chapter begins with a reminder that the resurrection is central to the gospel, the first three verses in there. So Paul provides an extended explanation or uh, a defense for the reality of the believer's bodily resurrection. What's it going to look like? I don't know. It's going to be perfect. I know that. Uh, but we will all be resurrected to very specific glorified bodies. And so the resurrection that took place um, for Jesus will take place for you and I. So Paul wraps up his teaching on resurrection by calling believers to live out their gratitude in lives of faithful service. So he says, therefore, my brothers, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So in context, the command to be steadfast and immovable means standing firm about the reality of the resurrection. If Christians hope to serve well in ministry, they must stand firm about the resurrection. Paul understands an important ministry principle. If we lose our expectation of the resurrection, we will lose our motivation for ministry. If there's no resurrection, if this life is all you get, why spend your time in ministry? Why not find an easier way to earn a living? If you're not going to live for eternity, you might as well live for the weekend. I mean, that's the reality. And as Paul puts it, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Paul says if, if there is no resurrection then bless our hearts, we are to be the most uh, pitied of men. But on the other hand, when you realize that this life is only the first, quote, short chapter of your eternal story, that changes everything. You now have a very good reason to live an eternal perspective and give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Even when you find yourself preaching or for an elder, uh, shepherding, uh, as a deacon, serving, uh, e even if you were to be 
found doing those things to the first century church um, or, or the 21st century church. We need to remember that. We give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord because we have an eternal perspective, even when ministry gets messy. So because of the reality of the resurrection, we can share Paul's confidence that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. In fact, because of the resurrection, we can actually expect great gain for ourselves, but also for others. Let's talk about the eternal gain. While it may not always be apparent, our ministry brings eternal gain to the Christians that you and I serve. Paul held to this truth as he labored with the Corinthian Christians. Uh, though they were more, I guess, more often worldly than godly, uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 3, he refused to give up on them. I mean, in Acts 20, when you look at the, you look at the, the closing of his life, where he's uh, there with the, uh, the Ephesian elders, and he says, from among you we're going to come, shep- uh, not shepherds, but come, come among, from among you will come wolves. And he was talking about those specific men, that some of you are going to tear the, the sheep apart. And, but he hugged them, kissed their necks. They all wept. He called them brethren, wished them well, even though he knew those things would happen. So despite the disappointments, the setbacks, Paul remained confident God was still at work. He continued teaching God's truth, both in person and in print. We, we, you and I would do well if we, we like Paul, fix our gaze on a glorious future when believers will be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Verse 49 of 1 Corinthians 15 we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. In those seasons when it seems that our preaching or shepherding or serving has little impact on the Christians in our congregations, we have to hang on to Paul's perspective. One day in the resurrection, we will see believers fully transformed into the image of Christ. And we take part in that. We will have joy knowing that God used our preaching, our teaching, our shepherding, uh, our deaconing, if you will, uh, as a part of the transformation process. The, the glories of resurrection will reveal our work, as it were, at that it was not in vain. It brought eternal gain to believers. There are people who are in heaven right now or in the Hadean realm of paradise where, had it not been for Paul, they would not be there. There are people who go on to their reward today that had it not been God using you in their life through his word, which is what he continues to do, then they would not be at rest and at eternal peace had it not been for you. Paul endured uh, being dismissed, being disrespected. We need to remember that. Uh, you and I have to endure that. Not only will our service bring, like we said, you know, eternal gain for others, but it will, it will bring a great reward to us as well, especially a mental acknowledgement. What is it about hell that will be more painful for those who knew that they had God and yet forsook him? Is it just a mental pain? Will, will, will hell be worse for others than uh, for some? I think, I think so. Uh, level of pain? I don't know about that. But I know the mental capacity that, that you and I will have is that if we are in hell and we have walked away from God, we knew that we once had heaven as our home, but we walked away. So that would be more painful. But also in glory, in, in the day that we stand before God and the day that we uh, ascend on high, we would say, uh, that day that Paul spoke about, 1 Corinthians 3, where 
Christ is going to return, and he's going to take his kingdom home uh, to the eternal kingdom, eternal heaven, and that chapter 4 and verse 5 says, then each one will receive his commendation from God. So he's talking about the things that his, uh, his work being exposed. Like I said, Paul endured being dismissed, disrespected by some of the church because he anticipated the commendation that he would receive from Christ. Paul's resurrection perspective shaped his ministry. It has, to, it has to do the same for me. It gave Paul confidence that his labor in the Lord was not in vain. But absolutely the other way, it would bring him an eternal gain. So, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's where we are, and that's what we want. That's what we want to focus on. That no matter what we're doing, we are wholly committed to the cause of Christ because we know that our eternal reward is greater than anything that this world could offer. So 1 Corinthians 15.58 needs to move you, move me very deeply. It needs to stir our soul by enlarging our perspective. For the past um, past 2,000 years, it, it has kept people afloat, uh, as it were, uh, it has helped keep me, my heart, steadfast when I have been badly shaken. I know it can you as well. That's why God has it in his holy book to hold us that way. And it spurs you and I to abound in the work of the Lord, even when you may feel like quitting. It has inspired me. It has inspired others to keep preaching, keep pastoring for those who are elders, keep um, serving for those who, who are deacons. Keep in the Word of God. Keep preaching the Word of God in season and out of season, as he told Timothy. So what I do is I pray that the truth of 1 Corinthians 15, 58 would move you as well when you and your heart is tested by the feeling that you are failing or that you're not seeing progress that you would like to see. Let that verse move you to stay immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.